0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Help, I'm thirsty. Look at somebody and say, help, I'm thirsty. Because we've had help, I'm addicted, help, I'm depressed. So tell somebody else, help, I'm thirsty. But get ready for this. You won't understand it until I get further in the message. But look at them and say, I hope you get welled soon. Not well, I'm thirsty. I hope you get welled soon because Jesus is the well of living water. You're going to hear about that. Take your Bibles and go to John chapter 4, and then we'll go to John chapter 7. But if I was a real preacher, I would just preach that right now. Just come to me while I go. I hope you get welled soon. I felt that preacher coming up in here. Hope you get welled soon, but I'm going to stick with help. I'm thirsty, but I may mess with that well in a minute. So hold on. Thank you for allowing me to be here, and I'm going to try to behave myself until one or Two and then we'll see what happens. Uh-huh. They, they're still not laughing. It's hilarious. They're still not laughing. John chapter 4, verse 10 Jesus replied, talking to the woman at the well, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Verse 13, Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never, somebody say never, be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now you get it. Get well soon. Now you get it. Go to chapter 7 of John. Same book, chapter 7. Just thumb over it. It'll be behind me. Verse 37, on the last day, on the climax of the feast and the festival Jesus stood and shouted at the crowds. Now let's just take a station break. If the son of God God manifest in the flesh starts screaming at you he's got something to say. He starts shouting at the crowd, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. The King James says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's the kingdom of the upside down and the inside out. We saw it in the first service, but I'm going to say it today. There are people in this room that the Holy Spirit is within you. Jesus actually looked at the Pharisees and said the kingdom is within. The Holy Spirit is within you. You just need whatever is blocking the flow removed so that out of you can begin to flow this stream of living water. It's not that you're coming to get it from somewhere else. It's to be activated because it is already in you by faith. Does anybody believe that? Amen. I love what J.B. Phillips said, who wrote the Phillips translation, which if you don't read the Phillips translation, you don't even care. But here's what he wrote. He said, so there's no doubt if in him I can hide, then Christ will abide. In my heart, that's where he starts, the kingdom of the inside out and the upside down. Before we get to inside out, I want to talk about this upside down thing because we are in the kingdom of the upside down. Jesus said it this way. He said the way up is down. Whoever wants to be first must take last place. And to be the master, you have to be servant of all. So if you're going to go up, this is the only kingdom that in order to be exalted or to go up, you got to go down. But I take it to the other side. I call it the theology of the bottom, which is simply this. The depth of your despair is a prophetic indicator of the height of the destiny that God has spoken over you. I'm going to say it this way. The greater the attack, the greater the anointing. The depth of your pit is always determinant, the height of your promise. That's why when Joseph had a dream of destiny, his destiny could not be fulfilled until he got to the dungeon. It's the theology of the bottom. So the lower that life has taken me is an indication of how high God wants to lift me up. And if there's anyone here that has ever hit bottom, you ought to jump up and say, preacher, you're preaching to me because the only way to go if you've hit bottom is to go up. So I'm preaching to people who feel like you have been a failure but I've come to tell you that if you've been a failure, if your failure wasn't fatal, then your failure has been equated into your future. God is not finished with you yet. You ought to clap your hands and get happy about it (laughs) because it's the kingdom of the upside down, the inside out. I, I love talking about Joseph. I love talking about this theology of the bottom. Let's just Think for a moment. Has anyone here ever been through something? Has anyone here ever been rejected, abandoned, abused, alone? Have you ever been addicted? There are people in this room that you are victims of circumstances, and happiness is based on circumstances, but joy is supernatural. And what Pastor has been trying to teach to you in the last four weeks, and I cheated, I listened to three of the sermons, and they were incredible, but what he's trying to teach you is there is a huge difference between self help and and supernatural transformation. And this is not a psychology club. This is the house of the living God where the name of Jesus is powerful and there is nothing that has affected your life that the name of Jesus cannot transform. So we are not preaching self-help. We are preaching spirit regeneration. We are speaking that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away and behold all All things are become new. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. That just because you have a habit does not mean that you're not saved. Because you can be regenerated in your spirit. Because salvation is an instant. But the making of a saint is a lifetime. So you can be saved and not be free. You can be saved and not be delivered. You can be regenerated and not be transformed. You are regenerated by the spirit. You are transformed by the word of God. So the reason that I'm excited today is I'm... Speaking, healing in a few moments, and supernatural manifestation of the Spirit in a church that has been so prepared the last month by the Word of the Lord. There has been so much preaching and teaching of the Word that you are ready that all you have to do, as Pastor said, is invite the Holy Spirit into your dilemma because He's about to take over in Jesus' name. I I I would love I would love to talk about that upside down that in that that whole level of the deeper the pit the pit goes to Potiphar Potiphar takes him and then Potiphar's wife accuses Joseph and then he goes into prison then he goes from prison he starts prophesying in prison this is something that I'm learning that when life gives you lemons make lemonades because your response determines your reward your attitude write that down that's a good bumper sticker your response determines your reward your attitude determines your altitude. So it wasn't until he learned how to prophesy in prison that God said, okay, I spoke something over you, but it is no longer a prophecy about you. It is a prophecy that is you because you are letting come out of you what I have spoke over you. Look at somebody and touch them because what's about to happen today is what God has spoken over you is about to flow out of you as a river of living water. And you have lived through enough attack and hurt and pain and and rejection and addiction and sorrow and loneliness and brokenness and fear and isolation and abandonment that this is your day that all of life has tried to take it out of you but in the midst of your answer not coming there are people can i preach what i want to preach right now there are people that have lived through divorce you have lived through incarceration you have lived through bankruptcy you have lived through chemical dependency and you're still here and god hasn't completely delivered you yet he has not completely activated the promise in you yet. So you've just started doing all you can do with what you've got. And when you learn how to prophesy in prison, when you learn how to praise when there's nothing to really praise about except the name of Jesus is beautiful. Something begins to happen in this kingdom of the upside down. And then what is in you begins to come out of you. But I I didn't come to preach about upside down. I come to talk about that inside out. That out of your belly, out of your heart shall flow a river of living water. Is there anybody here that you read the scripture? And I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. But in the last four weeks, and I quoted it to you earlier, just quoting it more my old King James because... Can you believe in two weeks I will have been preaching 35 years? I'm waiting on one of these, these sweet sisters to say, oh, you don't look a day over 40. I was waiting. It never happened. I started preaching at 14. I traveled on the bus. We were talking. You know the church in Bossier where old Jimmy Glass used to pass years ago? I preached in that church when I was 15 years old they thought a hurricane had hit, a cyclone had come through because I was fresh out of Africa, kicking and spitting and screaming, whatever. I was pastoring in West Africa when I was 17 years old in a French church, French-speaking African church. Quand je pense la bonté de Jésus et tout ce qu'il a fait pour moi, mon cœur crie bien fort, hallelujah. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. est-ce que tu peux parler français? Is there someone here that, oh, anyway, they're looking at me. Oui, oui. <laughs> so so is is there anyone that's been in church as long as me that when we talk about this new creature and talk about this new creation and because I've been around a long time we just take it for granted but is there anyone here that you have done everything that you know to do but you don't feel new you know that in Christ you're a new creature but you're still struggling with the things that pastor's been talking about and there is something inside you that says I know there's more I know that there is something in me I have seen people completely transformed and I not only want to know that I'm saved, but I want my earthly life to be transformed. I know that I'm going to be transformed when I die. I know that to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord, but I want something to happen down here that is so transforming that it breaks every chain off of me, that the cloud of oppression has to go, that the fear has to go. Wave at me if I'm preaching to you right now. There are people that want to be a new creature. Here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. Pastor talked about it. He said, check your brain. I don't think he was saying that because I was gonna preach a simple message. I didn't get offended at all, but no, just but He said we thought of Christ as just a human point of view. How different we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Why do we expect ourselves to do what a newborn babe cannot do? When a newborn babe is born into the world they are born but they are not functioning at their full capacity. Why are you condemning?" yourself when you are born of God when you're not able to operate because you are maturing and growing in process day by day and I wish somebody could grab this right now that no you're not perfect but you are forgiven and you are not who you're going to be but you are not who you used to be because you were separated from sin and even though you may have a habit and a hang up that is not who you are because now you are a son of God and you are not walking in your sin nature. Oh, you ought to clap your hands and give God praise. Mm. But... But the gospel, there's a huge difference between self-help and spirit transformation because we are not here to become better people. Where did we build the lie and buy into this concept that Christianity is about making you better? Christianity is not about making me better. It's about allowing me to understand that I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I am not better, but I am a new creature. So I may not do things better and be just as saved as anybody else. So you need to break that yoke of condemnation off of you because just because you may have a memory of what happened to you doesn't mean that you have a past because your past is under the blood of Jesus. So somebody needs to get that right now. Just because I have a memory doesn't mean that I have a past. That's how the enemy condemns you. Do you know that heaven does not see your past? The only way the enemy knows your past is when you open your mouth and talk about it. And then you give the enemy permission to attack you on the level of your past. But I've come to tell you that just because you had a failure, that your failures do not have to determine your future. That's right. Does that make sense to anybody? Your history does not have to determine your destiny. Does that, is, is, am I making sense? Yeah. Your future, your failure does not determine your future, and your history does not determine your destiny. I want to talk about three areas today before we get into releasing this river. There are three things as I was talking and, and studying this series that I felt to release today. Is Number one is our history. Somebody say history. Number two, our hurts. Our hurts. And number three, our habits. Our history is what we did. Our hurts is what someone did to us. Our habits is what we continue to do. Our history, you don't know what I did, but I do. Our hurts, wounded, betrayed, vulnerable, hard to trust. Our habits, I still struggle with something. I've prayed for it, but I can't overcome. Are you ready? Write this down. Feelings are legitimate, but they are not facts. Feelings are legitimate, but they are not facts. You didn't hear that, I don't think. So we don't live by feelings, but we walk by faith. So you need to quit faking it and start faithing it. We are not changed by our feelings about ourselves, but our faith in God. That is the difference between condemnation and conviction. The last four weeks even listening to the sermons, I have heard conviction because conviction shows you where you lack and shows you the goodness of God and shows you how great God is condemnation shows you how bad you are and how many mistakes you have made so the differences between feelings are faith I do not receive condemnation I don't receive shame but I receive conviction that God is good enough that he has called me that his goodness leads to repent wait at me if I'm talking to somebody the last few weeks you've been convicted and you've made up your mind after that Sunday service that pastor's talking about i'll never be addicted again i'll never be depressed again i'll never get angry again the spirit that has bound me is going to be broken and i'm going to be free in christ jesus that is not condemnation that is conviction that comes from the goodness of god of realizing how great he is am i scaring you is this all right I hope I'm not too crazy because I just get excited that feelings are not fat. Write this down. Your past does not have to define your future. I said it earlier, but I'm going to say it again. Your failures have been equated into your future. Isaiah said it this way. God is speaking. Isaiah is writing. He said, I see the end from the beginning. A few years ago, I was going through a personal situation in my life, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, if your failure wasn't fatal... Then your failure, and I've heard it preached this way. There was one of my favorite preachers used to preach that if your failure wasn't final. He used to preach about my failures are not final, but it came to me different. If your failures weren't fatal, then I've equated your failure into your future. I said, Lord, I don't understand. He said, it's appointed unto man first to die. Somebody say to die. And then the judgment. He spoke to me and said, if you're still breathing, I'm not judging you. So I've come to preach that at Calvary today because even when Jesus came to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, the one thing he talked about, he preached about recovering of sight to the blinds, setting it captive at liberty, the captive. He preached all this stuff, but he refused to touch the vengeance of the Lord because if Jesus didn't preach judgment, why do I preach judgment? But Jesus preached the grace of God and the goodness of God. So can I preach to somebody here today? If you're still breathing, God is evidently not mad at you He is not angry at you and you are not in judgment, but you have been given a season today to get better, to be released of your bitterness and to get better and to become transformed by the word of God and be able to become who God has called you to be. So... So look at somebody and say if that's true then my failures have been equated into my future. My mess now becomes my message. That's why the scripture says these are they that overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. We've been singing about the power of the name of Jesus but some of you need to add the power of your testimony. Yes I was an alcoholic. Yes I have been married multiple times. Yes my child was in prison. Yes I do know what it is to be homeless but look at what what God is doing in my life. I look at the testimony of the grace of God. Look at the mess that has now become my message. My heart is breaking with the Lyles family in the last year, but I also know that God is going to take what the enemy tried to make a tragedy and turn it into a testimony that thousands of people will be delivered and set free from a spirit of depression. I'm preaching to someone here today. The spirit of condemnation wants you to think that you'll never have help. I've come to tell you you're about to get welled. You're about to experience this living water that once you taste it, once it is released in you, you will never thirst again. Does that make sense to anybody? Uh, so he said I've seen everything here's what God says only I can tell you the future before it even happens everything that I plan will come to pass so here's the three things I want to talk about today number one we are freed we are forgiven say forgiven we are forgiven from our past we are healed from our hurts and we are released from our habits what would happen today if you realized that you were truly forgiven? Ephesians 1. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. What if you really believed that you have been forgiven? I didn't say it in first service, but years ago, I'm a, um, I can't help it. All my stories, bishops, say years ago. It's sad. I was preaching in a little church in Okeema, Oklahoma. And they kept telling me about Tom. Tom had been in prison for years, hated preachers. But his wife started coming to this little church in Okima, Oklahoma. I was the young preacher. I, I couldn't have been no more than 23, 24, newly married. My wife and I, before we had kids, I'm preaching revival. And I was there the night that Tom walked in. Tom didn't walk in because he was under conviction. Tom walked in because his wife was coming. And he thought that she was flirting with the preacher. Tom was over six foot five, about 300 none business pounds, solid jailhouse muscle with tattoos everywhere, bald head, walked in. I'm this kid in the pulpit. She's like 50-something years old, old enough almost to be my grandma at that point. Here she is. He's coming in. He's fixing to beat up the preacher. He comes down the aisle mad like a bull in a china closet. Gets about that far. Starts crumbling and crying. His, everything. His so countenance. He turns around wailing and runs. I know that don't happen here on Sundays. Don't worry. It's going to be alright. He turns around wailing runs out to the back. I don't know. The people look at me. They're all saved. I'm like, well, I'm going to follow him because he's evidently not saved. I'm sorry, but you can just tell he's not saved. So I went following him. I followed him all the way back in the gym. I found him like under a table in a Sunday school room wailing the most terrible noise tears because this whole godly sorrow bringeth repentance and worketh repentance he was being transformed didn't even know it just by coming in the atmosphere of that church and he's literally screaming and I I get to him and he slaps at me and I'm I I just feel this is God this is he's not going to hurt me this is God I literally sit down I end up holding him in my arms on the floor and he's sobbing telling me his story that years before in a motorcycle gang they had invaded and and just taken over a, a one of those roadside um rv parks just an rv park where you have trailers and tents and all that and they were tipping over tents and trailers and just being crazy and all of a sudden a woman came running out of one of the tents with a little baby he was on the motorcycle he grabs the baby from her arms like by the ankle and bashes the baby against a tree the head against a tree and commits murder and has been in prison for over 25 years for murdering a baby And he's telling me this, I'm in a Sunday school room alone in the dark with Tom. And he begins to wail about how dirty he was. And I don't even know how I said it. I can't remember what I said. But when I read this a while ago about forgiveness of the past, when he honestly could grapple with the concept that he was already forgiven, that God had seen the end from the beginning, and before he was born, God knew what he was going to do. But he had went to the cross anyway in his stead. When he realized he was forgiven, I saw a biker become a man of God. I watched him in that revival go from being angry to full of love and joy and peace. I saw a home transformed, a family transformed, a life transformed because he was forgiven from his past. Who am I preaching to today that that river of living water is in this room and I've come to tell you that he that the son has set free. If he ever forgave you, you are really free. Clap your hands into the Lord. Uh. We are forgiven from our past we are healed from our hurts and we are freed from our habits I was hallelujah I feel the presence of the Lord here am I am I off or can you feel it love this church there's such a deep flow here would you mind just raising your hand and beginning to pray this Holy Spirit allow your river of living water to flow today today I'm ready to experience the source, the source of love, the source of power, the source of freedom right now. I'm ready to accept my forgiveness, to accept my freedom, to accept my promise. I am more than life says I am. (laughs) I am more than my past says I am. I feel the presence of the Lord so strong right here. So strong. Several years ago, I wanted to take my mom back to Africa because my father's been gone about 10 years. And I wanted to go back to West Africa where my father had Bible schools and all that. And they lined the streets. We had crusades. It was incredible. But i had never been to Uganda. That's down in East Africa. So we're going to do, don't do it because we shouldn't have done it. But to go from West Africa to East Africa is like going from New York to West Africa. That's how big Africa is. So it was like two international trips on one trip. And I had already been seven days in West Africa without good food, without good water, and in the sun. So I was already sick and already tired. Then we fly all the way to Uganda. When we get off the plane of Uganda, everywhere I look, there's billboards, there's, there's, there's pictures, everything says welcome to the source. Welcome to the source. You have found the source. You need the source. Go to the source. By the time I get in the taxi, all I want to know is what's the source? Because I'd I never heard of it, never heard what I'm going to tell you today. But the source is actually like a volcano. Have you ever been to Niagara Falls? Anybody know what Niagara... Okay. Just think of Niagara Falls, how it's coming down and, and as a fall. Think of the power of that going down, of something in the earth coming up like a volcano of water. And the source is literally a place in Uganda where the Africans believe, because they, they believe that they're they're the original people and actually the Ugandans believe that that's where and I debate with them and they don't care they think that that's where the Garden of Eden actually was and they believe that this is actually the source of life because it is volcano of water coming out of the ground that right where Lake Victoria now if you know anything about Africa there are three African nations that Lake Victoria is so big it supplies fish it supplies supplies all of the animal the hippopotamus the elephants the giraffes uh entire uh wilderness and forests that are totally supplied off of Lake Victoria, fish. Three nations actually could live just off Lake Victoria. But in Uganda, when you get to the end of the lake, Lake Victoria is not clear. It's dirty. It's dark. It's dank. It's, it's clear water, but it's dirty water. Um, it's nothing about it you'd like, except it's big and it's awesome. And this beautiful mountain and it's beautiful. But outside of that, there's nothing about it. But when you go to this place they call the source outside of Kampala, I walked and stood just like this and down coming out of the ground that they say for thousands of years, there is this geyser of blue clear water that is so strong and so powerful, it separates, and you can look right here, that's Lake Victoria. It's brown, it's dirty, it's just a natural lake. From this point to here, the water is stirring, and it's just coming up six, seven feet, coming out of the ground like this. And all of a sudden, you notice that it's brown here. It's blue and clear here. And it is the beginning of the Blue Nile. Have you ever heard of the Nile River? I said in the first service, some of you are married to the queen of denial, but... It wasn't funny then. It's not funny now. So it's all right. The Queen of the So here, all this, this bubbling, this power, this source, and it's coming up so powerful that it literally is so powerful, it separates the dirty water from the clean water. But stay with me here. It is also so powerful, it is salt water, because the Blue Nile is salt. That's why you have crocodiles and not alligators in the Blue Nile, because it is salt water. Not only is it salt water, but it separates. So I could swim. Now it's too, powerful the current but if possible I could jump over here and be in just a regular lake or I can jump over the source and I am in the midst of the blue Nile that is salt water and it's clear and you can look down to the bottom not only is it salt water and clear but it is the only river in history that we know of that flows upstream it flows from Africa up into North Africa and goes north and the Africans say it like this they said we believe that God is so good to you that when he created Egypt he said oops I forgot there's a desert here and there's not enough water so I will take my finger and I will pull the water from Uganda and I will pull it up into Egypt and so they say that the finger of God reaches down and pulls by magnetic force scientists cannot figure it out they can't explain it but it flows upstream and gives life and is pure and they call it the source the source of life. If I was a real preacher, I could preach that right now. I could preach about the well. I could preach all that. So so we go to that, and it's incredible, and I'm my brain's spinning because, I, I mean, I went to school. I went to college. I've lived in different, I'd never heard of the source. I had no idea of their history, and they're telling me all of this, the reason they believe that they're the original nation, and they believe that all life came out of Uganda. It's, it's really cool when you hear some of their stories, and then the Ethiopians say the same thing. They think they have the Ark of the Covenant, so everywhere you go, they're God's special chosen people, and I'm just trying to behave myself and say, ah, yeah, that's good. That's wonderful. So the next day is Sunday and my mom's with me and we decide we're going to church with my friend. I was brought there by my friend. I knew he had a great church. Each service is about 4,000 people. They just have a big metal barn and a building, but I had no idea that his church was not started like a lot of churches. His church was started in Kampala in what's called the city of thieves, it would almost be like the Barbary Coast, if you know anything about pirates or whatever. It is one of the most modern, sinful places of drugs and prostitution and modern pirates, even from Somalia, from all over. It is a place where international pirates and thieves and people of the lowest level actually live and have a colony called the City of Thieves. God called my friend to start a church preaching the gospel in the City of Thieves. When he called him was about the fifth year of the 18th HIV AIDS epidemic. What you have to understand is Uganda, when I was there, it's different now, but when I was there, one out of every three in every family has been affected by HIV. So every family has lost people that are connected to them their mothers, their fathers, their aunts, their uncles by drugs, by needles, by blood transfusion, by promiscuity, all this stuff. So you have an entire nation that the culture of life has tried to blot out, that sin has tried to blot out. But then you have this preacher that read the same scriptures I read to you today that believed in him was a river of living water he believed that when he preached Jesus and when he preached this story of the woman at the well that I read to you earlier he's the one that told me he said pastor she went to the well she met the well and she became a well of living water and he began to teach me about his burden and what God had called him to start this church and we show up on Sunday morning and he says before service why don't we just begin to walk? And we begin to walk around into what they call prostitute camps. And I saw my mother walking in human waste because there was no, uh, there's no flushing toilet, all of that. And so you have open sewage and she is walking in human waste. And we are ministering to these people. We're ministering to prostitutes, to street people. We're praying for people. And he's telling me about his testimony. When I walk in his church, when I look at his choir, his choir, each service is over 400 voices. Have you ever heard Heard a 400 voice choir? Have you ever heard a 400 voice African choir? Have you ever heard a 400-voice spirit-filled African choir? Have you ever heard a 400-voice African spirit-filled delivered from HIV African choir? Because the entire service pastor, he's pointing out to me about every two or three or four. Yes, she she was a prostitute 20 years ago. She came to me. I preached Jesus. Now she is completely healed from HIV. He began to explain to me that the majority of his choir were HIV positive and had been completely medically diagnosed documented healed and that his church is known as a place where if you have AIDS if you go to his church and you accept Jesus that you will be healed by the power that is in the name of Jesus oh it makes me want to I just feel like somebody just wants to raise their hands and say thank you Jesus And as I'm in that service and he's teaching this and telling me this, I look behind me and my mother and I had been preaching and teaching at one of the little prostitute camps that morning and I turn around and all of the girls and all of the women that we had been preaching Jesus to, they had showed up in that service to hear me preach and I watched the power of love that I feel in this church begin to manifest to these women who have habits, who have hurts, that have history, that had been wounded, but they were thirsty and I watched these women that have never felt love begin to weep and begin to cry under the power of the love of God I watched them begin to accept Jesus in their heart and I begin to see them manifest the expression of the love of God in that one service my mother and I were able to give money to send 13 women back to their families to buy them a bus ticket and allow them to start a new life again but while all that's going on I go over to Bishop Shagunda and I say Bishop it is not about the source in the jungle but the source is Jesus Christ and you have found the source. You have created a well of living water. So I come to Fort Worth today at the end of this series and I know we're not in Uganda. I know that some of those stories may offend you and it may leave land that's so bad but there are people in this room that are desperate and I just want to ask you how thirsty are you because if you are really thirsty you're about to get welled. If you're really thirsty there's a well of living water that is in this room that all you have to do is partake one time and you will never thirst again. Musicians are coming, but I feel, now Pastor told me to take my liberty. I'm in services a lot. I get to travel and preach, love God, but I'm telling you what I feel. There's people in this room that you will never thirst again because you are about to get welled. The woman comes to a literal well. Jesus is sitting there. He becomes the well of life. She goes to the village with her own living water, leaves her water bucket, goes to the village, says, come see a man. So she went to the well. She met the well. She becomes the well. Not only is this series about you today, it's about transformed families Jobs, schools, neighborhoods, because what God is doing at Calvary Fort Worth, it's not only going to be about Sunday, but it's about to spread to Monday, to Tuesday, to Wednesday. And he is activating this new life. He is activating this transformation. So I feel like I have a room of people here that say, I'm so grateful I'm saved. I'm so grateful that his blood and by faith I'm regenerated. But I want to be transformed. And I I, I, I don't want to only be new by faith. I want to know that I'm new. I want to know that I'm freed from the habits, and the hurts. I want to know that I'm freed from my history. Wave at me if I'm talking to you. If that's you, wave at me. Keep those hands up. I want to see who you are. Wave at me. By the hundreds, there are people here that are saying that today is my day. This is the end of this series, and now this well of living water. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for incredible people that are being honest That no, we're not in Africa. No, we're not in India. No, we're not in the Philippines. We're not even in Louisiana. We're in Fort Worth. With incredible people. Who have an incredible heart. To experience more from an incredible God. With every eye closed after hearing this series. If you would admit. That you still deal with hurts habits and history i would like you to raise one hand so i can see who you are <laughs> pastor what i love about your church they don't they don't mind responding just keep that hand up don't keep that hand up and if you don't mind the lights are dim or whatever if it wouldn't offend you if your hands up would you mind standing would you mind standing Because that spring of living water is about to be activated and spring up in your life. Now, how many believe the word you've heard preached today? Not just today, the last five weeks. Because what pastor's been teaching is incredible. You believe this word, but he's been telling you, if you'll wait to that Sunday, there's not only going to be hearing, there's going to be activation And there's going to be transformation by the Word of God. If you've been waiting on that, just look at me and kind of nod. I've been waiting on that. That's what's going to happen. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to ask everybody. But I'm going to pray for you, then I'm going to ask everybody to stand, and then I'm going to ask you to do something maybe a little uncomfortable. But before we do that, I want you to agree with me. Pastoral staff, pastoral team, I want you to agree with me right now that what I preach, this well, this river of living water, is being activated and out of your heart shall flow a river of life giving water. By the authority of the name of Jesus, by the authority of the preach word, the word of faith, and the love that is in this house, I am asking you to manifest your power like you did in Kampala. I'm asking you to show up at this amazing church like you did at the Thieves' City in Kampala, Uganda. I'm asking the same God that raised the dead in the morgue, the same God that allows the crippled to walk, the same God that allows the deaf ear to hear, the same God that allows the blind eyes to open, I am asking you to manifest in your love and your presence right now that the Spirit would begin to flow freely and that as we are thirsty we would experience the well of living water and that something would spring up in our soul. And that the Holy Spirit will begin to activate in this room. There are people here that are ready to receive the baptism of your Holy Spirit. There are people here that are ready to embrace the gifts of your Holy Spirit. There are people here that are ready to experience a level that they have never experienced. They have faith to believe, but they're thirsty. They're thirsty. And if you're thirsty, you're desperate. And desperation is the birthplace of the miraculous. And expectation is the incubator of the supernatural. (sighs) Do I need to hurry? Because I I know we have time, but I'm telling you prophetically, the first thing I'm going to deal with are up to now until today, you've been listening to this. You have felt up to now that your past was impossible to be forgiven. And you have confused your memories with God not forgiving you. And if you have felt hopeless until the last few lessons... I'm begging you as a pastor to come stand right here across this front. Just right here. Only those. I'm going to give others. But right here. Those of you that are desperate and you feel like your failures have almost destroyed you. But today you understand they've been equated into your future. And that you realize that just because you have a memory, you don't have a past. Get up here right now. Hurry up. Who are you? I know it's different. I know that you might not do that a lot. But it's okay. It's okay, girl. Come on. It's okay. It's wonderful. It's okay. Come on up here. That's okay. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Thank you for coming, man. Just over here. We're going to have more areas. But this area right here is where I particularly want people. Honestly, if I tell you what I feel, you feel like a failure. Just because you failed doesn't mean. Can I tell you, your actions are not your identity. (laughs) Your action is not your identity. What you've done is not who you are. Does that make sense? Does it really make sense? That what you've done is not, that someone else needs to come because we're going to pray for others right here. But right now we're dealing with failure. Right now we're dealing with history. We'll talk about hurts in a moment, but this is history. And up till now, your history has defined your destiny. Your history determines who you date. Your history determines where you work. Your history's determined how you act. And your history is confining you to something you not even are because you're a son of God. I don't have time. I'd love to preach about Simon when Simon becomes Peter because Jesus calls him Peter, but he still acts like Simon. There are some of you, you have a destiny over you. You didn't fail. You just had a Simon episode. God's not through with you yet. And there's a promise. So that's, that's, that's that group. Now, where's my hurts? Where's my hurts? That if you were to tell me what you've lived through, it would break my heart. If I was to tell you what I've lived through. And one of our natural responses to hurt is bitterness. Because there is no word in the Webster's Dictionary for unforgiveness. You forgive or you're bitter. We have made the term unforgiveness in our vernacular and semantics. But originally it did not start that way. To not forgive causes Bitterness. Let me tell you what the Bible said. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Delayed expectation creates depression. And if you've been hurt by life, by circumstance, or by somebody else, I want you to come stand right over here. Hurts. Where's my hurts? Come on. Thank you. Being led by this amazing man and woman of God. But the hurts right here. Oh, they're responding, Pastor. Don't worry. This place is responding. This place is responding. This is the word of God. Come on, they're coming. They're coming. Wow. Well, that's half our failures over here. <laughs> and there's where are my habits? Where are my habits? Now, what is a habit? How do I know the difference between sin nature and a habit? A habit is when you have asked forgiveness. You have repented, but it still won't let you go. You are saved, but not free. And you struggle with that. If you, if, if you would just mind, where could you go? Why, why don't you just come down this center aisle right here? Or just come on up here if it's habits. It don't have to be. Just come on. Here they come. Here they come. This is incredible. Come on right now. It and it, it doesn't have to be some gross sin. It doesn't have to be. Like I said, it don't have to be drugs. It don't have to be alcohol. It doesn't have to be pornography. But whatever. Just crowd in right now. This is incredible. The rest of you that are standing, would you come now? Everyone that's standing that said this word was from me and I'm desperate today. Just come crowd in. Here they come. And then the rest of these saints of God are going to gather behind us. And we're going to begin to pray. Because from this point on, I know what time it is. I know it's 1230. I understand that. But I also know what I feel when the Holy Spirit is ready. And pastor has said, this is our activation day. We're going to push. So here's what's about to happen. Are you ready? You're about to be set free. You're going to be set free. Some of you are going to feel the power and the fire of God, the love of God like you've never felt. And some of you are going to receive the Spirit baptism. Who came to receive the Holy Spirit baptism for the first time? It happened in the first service? Happened in the first service? Look, it's going to happen in this service. It's not something you beg for. It's just something you receive. It's a gift. It's a baptism. Hallelujah. Incredible. Pastor, I don't know if I've ever preached in a church church that was more sincere and more open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in their life. And I know it sounds silly, but I really want us to get welled. So if you want to get welled, would you raise both hands? Father, we come in the all-powerful name of Jesus. Your word says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. I believe the suddenly only came because of the unity that prevailed. You see the unity in this house, you see the word that has been preached without fear or favor you see a pastor that has set up the transforming power of the word of God week in and week out and now you see the response of people who not only want to be church members they not only want to come hear a sermon and listen to music but they are here to be transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit so by the authority of the name of Jesus I release the river of living water that is already in your belly I release this supernatural power of the living God and I am speaking to you now to be healed to be whole and to be released in the name of Jesus come on right now in the name of Jesus I am speaking be healed in the name of Jesus be set free in the name of Jesus be made whole in the name come it's only yours be whole in the name of Jesus there are tears flowing right now be redeemed in the name of Jesus be restored in the name of Jesus be redeemed in the name come on drink, drink 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 from the well drink from the well Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, empower me. Holy Spirit, activate me. Holy Spirit, deliver me. My addiction has to go. My fear has to go. My loneliness has to go. My anger has to go. My depression has to go. My confusion has to go.